This is your Other Brothers Podcast. Welcome, friends, to Your Other Brothers podcast, navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. From the jewel of the Blue Ridge, my name is Tom, and it's so glad, it's so glad you're here. No, I'm so (laughs) glad you're here. I still make mistakes, you guys. I'm sorry. I do. Um, Chuckling. You know what? I never go to him first. Let's go to him first today. From the city of forts, it's our other brother, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Wow. This is a special, special day. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here. See, you you spoiled everyone's presence. Like, they didn't know who was here until (laughs) we heard this this very familiar chuckle from Mm. the the city of forts. So we'll just get that out of the way. You're here. And I'm so glad you're here, Jacob. Same. and then also chiming in from the city of Oaks, of course, it's our other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Not much. Greetings, everyone. Greetings. Ryan, it's so glad. We're, I keep saying that. Why do I keep saying it's so glad? <laughs> Where is that coming from? I have never said that my whole life. Um, I'm so glad you're here, too. You were a bit tardy tonight, but we'll forgive you mm-hmm. because you're always on time. Ryan, you're like the most on-time person I've, I've known. Yeah. So I is, is that it. how we usually do it? Like, it's just the order of... Arrival. <laughs> That's why. Because yeah, Ryan, I was telling Jacob before you got here, like, I don't know that it's ever happened before that Jacob signed on to the call before <laughs> Ryan did. And so this was history, history in the making. But I'm glad you guys Usually are Usually I'm here. pretty I'm pretty diligent about making sure you two don't have a uh, good space to discuss me behind my mm. back. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> because inevitably Wise. that's what happens. Yeah. Yep. Inevitably. <laughs> you have a gathering yeah. of three. Yeah. If two are there first, then the third person gets talked about. That's just common mm-hmm. societal yep. rules. Yep. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, you guys, I'm glad you're here. I'm really excited for this episode because we're talking about attraction today. And this is a good old, um, we had a bread and butter episode a little while ago talking about coming out. I feel like this is another good bread and butter episode where it's just like, I can kind of just sit back and relax and just share some stories with you guys, hear your stories. Um, and certainly on the heels of our previous episode, which you guys, I don't know how you guys feel about this. You you escaped or you missed out one way or the other. You either escaped <laughs> or you missed out on the fetish conversation. And that was by far the most work, the most research, the most effort I've ever put into a podcast by far. And so it's just so refreshing to come here for episode 70 and just, just relax, deep exhale, just enjoy, enjoy your company and just talk about attraction. What a comfortable topic compared to fetishes. My goodness. Mm. So... Uh, Matthew threw a punch in the last episode. I noticed. Ooh, here we he go. Said that uh, only he and Dean have the <laughs> balls to discuss fetishes. Here we go. With New you, school Tom. versus old oh, school. The throwdown I, is on. Okay. Yeah. I I will admit that I have not listened to it yet, but <laughs> now I'm going to have to because. So yeah. in 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 his defense, I am pretty sure tom that when you brought up that topic as a possibility i think months back mm-hmm. there's a good chance that i responded by saying i would rather die than be on an episode <laughs> talking 
about fetishes. Yeah, I couldn't so, remember your exact language, but I was like, I was, I'm was pretty, pretty sure intense. it was, I'm pretty sure it was strongly negative. So I was yeah. like, I'm not even going to yeah. bring it up again with Jacob. That's and, true. And Dean and, and Matt had been very affirming of the topic for a while. And so I was, you know what, like, let's just go with that. We'll go talk to them. And, and if Jacob and Ryan feel offended or feel left out, then we can just do a quick fetish recap if, if they want, but we don't, we certainly don't have uh, yeah, to. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel offended. I, I will say though, though that when, someone else uses the phrase that a certain that men don't have the balls to do something. Mm. I just find that to be really unattractive. So as we're, as we're, as we're talking mm. about attraction today, mm. that just happens to be one of those things that I think is unattractive. And immature. Come on, mm. Matthew. <laughs> and Matthew, I'm sure he's listening. Matthew, I'll just speak for him. And He'll he say, doesn't care. Does not care. He literally <laughs> does not care. Doesn't, doesn't care at all. <laughs> he could. Uh, care for less. the record, I I very much do have the balls to discuss that on a podcast. Uh, however, I just don't have anything interesting to say. So mm. um, let let the record show that that's. <laughs> Uh, why I that's declined to be on that uh, episode. <laughs> and that's our fetish recap. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode. If you missed it, you can go back to episode 69 and give that a listen. Um, yeah, today we're talking about attraction. What is it? Platonic versus romantic? Question mark. We're just going to dive into that concept of attraction. Um, this is another classic episode we did back in the day. And so we're just going to revive a uh, yeah, good old topic that it applies to any human, certainly anyone within our community, but, but we all have an attraction toward something, right? I mean, that's the, theoretically. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what the answer to that question is shortly, but y'all, this is really exciting. This is our last episode before Thanksgiving. Um, I mentioned on our previous episode, which we talked about fetishes. I don't know if y'all heard, but uh, on our previous episode, I mentioned that I am going indeed to see my family with some trepidation. You know, I'm taking a lot of precautions. My family, I think, is taking some precautions too about gathering together. So it's definitely not something entering, we're entering into lightly. Um, but as for myself, you know, cause I had the option of sleeping in a basement with my brother and then also eight other people in the house. And I was like, you know what? That's not for me. I'm not gonna do that. And I'm gonna really just embrace the fourness in me because y'all know my fourness it's it's oozing out right now because i am going to go camping out in my parents backyard i'm bringing my tent it's going to be hashtag tents giving and i'm going to enjoy the great outdoors looking at the lake like falling asleep with the view of the lake outside my window and keeping my distance from all of the annoying people in that house who i love dearly but I'm keeping mm. my distance. So that is what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited to do that. And I really wanted to hear, I wanted to hear what y'all are doing for Thanksgiving as this is our, yeah, our last conversation before said holiday. First, I have a question. Will Thanksgiving dinner be brought out to you in <laughs> tent world? <laughs> I or hope so. will you be going inside to join the group at some point? Like how much are you actually staying isolated how much, from everyone How much else? distance am I keeping? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe I'll like build a fire and, and like, um, maybe, I don't know, establish a communication system where I like either <laughs> like burn certain colors to make go smoke signals, <laughs> smoke signals or flags. I could raise a flagpole Ooh. with like, do I need food? Do I need water? Yeah, yeah. Do I need blankets? What do I need? You know? So mm -hmm. I don't know all that's fuzzy details. I don't have all that work figured out yet, but, um, but there will be plenty of distancing, um, certainly at night, but, but you know, some, some, safe interaction during during the day as well so we'll tom see. if you don't go cold and hungry it's going to feel like a missed opportunity to you true you really do need to be 
suffering at the same time for it to be a truly for mm-hmm. event. Right. That I willingly mm-hmm. step that you actually put up <laughs> that I brought yourself. Up on myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then, yeah. because then you will feel both unique and incredibly uh, pitied, which I'll will fill unique. the void I'll in your pitied. insides. Yeah, and I'm just I'm excited to document it too. The plan is to put it on YouTube. My little exactly, yep. Giving Make sure everyone zone. knows how much pain you're in. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. awful it you is. Need to- you need to make sure there's a good, like, bright window for you to look in from the outside <laughs> yeah, into. Peering inside. Oh, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm just so warm and full and happy, <laughs> and I'm outside. Why am I outside? I'll never oh, belong. Yeah, I did this on? to myself. <laughs> it's really a metaphor for my life. Thank you guys for convicting me. Mm. I really you're welcome. It. But no, I asked you guys what you're doing for Thanksgiving. Let That's me have my Thanksgiving <laughs> for Escapade. What are you guys doing? Or do you know yet? I am going to see uh, my family. We will be in the suburbs of Atlanta where my sister lives and my parents are going down too. And so it'll be all of us in a, in her house. So my two nieces, my nephew, uh, their parents and my parents. Okay. Nice. What about you, Jacob? My plans are a little bit up in the air at this point. So the tentative plan is for us all to meet at my parents' house in Illinois. Um, I am still unsure of my own attendance due to the fact that the COVIDs in Indiana are very sharply on the rise and folks in my inner circle are also getting sick. And so going to kind of see if that ends up being uh, something that it would be more wise for me to stay here. Mm. So unsure at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everyone listening, I hope you make wise decisions. Again, it's like such a hard thing. Like none of us, I don't think expected this pandemic to last to the holidays. Like for the most part during the year, it's like, Oh, it sucked when we couldn't really do much during the summertime or, or even into the fall. But then it's like, we never really thought that this would affect the holidays, family gatherings, like big family Mm -hmm. gatherings. And, and sure enough, it is like the cases keep going up. It's the worst it's ever been in our country right now as we record this. And so um, yeah, sincere, just uh plea for everyone listening to be safe and wise and enjoy, enjoy your holidays, but yeah, in a, in a, whatever the best way is for, for everyone listening. So, um, yeah, definitely. I hope it's a good time though, for people, um, however you're celebrating alone with people with limited people this year. Um, I hope it is a good time for gratitude to, to practice that art of gratitude. I know that's, that's been really pivotal for me in recent years to really just count count my blessings as cheesy and Christian-y as that sounds just like, but to literally do that, it's, it's so vital. You guys, I'm so excited on the last podcast. We talked about fetishes. I don't know if you've heard, but um, on the last podcast uh, I mentioned to Matt and Dean that we haven't had a voicemail in so many episodes, three, four episodes. I don't know what the streak was. Um, It all started when, when a caller came in and, and was disagreeing with my tastes and pumpkin and, and eggnog and all that stuff. So it, was, it wasn't a contentious call, but there was, there was just like, oh my gosh, now we've had no more calls since then. But you guys, I'm happy to report that today we've got three voicemails to share and they're all so wonderful. We have such great listeners. And so um, the first one I'm going to toss to Ryan. So I'm going to go ahead and play this clip of the voicemail. Um, and by the way, these all three of these voicemails come from Southern California. So God bless you, Southern California. I used to live there for four years and I feel it's like, it was like a homecoming to see all these, all these listener calls coming in from California. So thank you guys for calling. Um, but yeah, in our first, our first listener, Ryan had a question for you. Cause you had shared on the coming out episode. Um, 
your first time coming out. So let me just play that real quick and then we'll, we'll cut to you. Hello, um, Tom, this is Keegan and I'm here with Brendan. Yes. <laughs> we are with one other friend. Um, we are in the park talking about a couple of the podcasts from your other brothers. And we're talking right now about coming out and we, <laughs> we, we realized that Ryan shared some stuff about a particular winter conference he went to. Um, and we were wondering if that winter conference happened to be with crew because all three of us are part of crew and I, Keegan, am on staff with crew. So we want to know. Um, but also just as a side encouraging thing, like thanks for all the podcast content because we're really having a super great discussion about it right now in the park. So I don't know if Brendan wants to add anything. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate all the, the work and effort you guys have put into this podcast. Um, it's helped me immensely and yeah, I'm super excited just for how it's going to help <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Woohoo! So Ryan, do you care to disclose what conference you were at, what gathering you were at? Because there was some suspicions about what, about what function this was, and you can feel free to, to not share, but I, I the listener, sure. the listener wants to know. So I'm curious too now. Well, first of all, great to hear from you, Keegan. Um, and it was in fact, not, crew oh. uh, technically it was campus crusade for christ because that's what it was called at the time so but i'm uh but i'm old and so did they when officially I was in college, it was called yeah did they officially change that name so it's like the ymca is now the y or like other companies have yeah. changed yeah. their names like that is cruise mm-hmm. campus crusade for christ yeah they're officially crew now, crew now. okay yeah. and they uh, yeah, I forget when they changed it in the past five years, I think. Um, so yeah, that was the winter conference, the Southeast regional winter conference in Greensboro, North Carolina at the four seasons, uh, <laughs> landscaping, Baritone, I think, um, conference. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, not, it's a not topical, quite, not quite that, topical, not quite that swanky. Topical um, joke for topical everyone joke. listening in the fall of 2020. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that was it. My parents were on staff with crusade when I was young up until about, you know, age five or six. Um, and then they left staff. But when I went into college, I thought, uh, I am not turning into my parents. I'm not going to do, uh, do crusade. Uh, but then lo and behold, I did crusade all four and a half years of college. I love that our listener could pick that out. Like I was kind of, I was not expecting you to confirm that. I was honestly expecting you to say, no, it was just some other random thing. But the fact that a fellow Mm -hmm. crewer, is that what y'all are called? I don't know what y'all are called, but a fellow crusader, I don't know, was able to (laughs) pick that out just from your limited sharing. Cause I feel like you weren't Mm. that specific with what you shared. So that's just astounding to me. Must be some like crew vibes, you know. Crew like vibes, the, yeah. The crew, yeah. the crew dar went off. <laughs> the crew dar, <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, yeah, and a big shout out to you guys for calling from California. Thanks for the support for the show. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we got this other call from Daniel. Let's go ahead and listen to what Daniel had to say about our fetish podcast. I don't know if you guys heard we talked about fetishes in the last episode. Here's what Daniel had to say. Hey, Yabbers. This is Daniel in Southern California. Love the last podcast. What a great, fun podcast to listen to on a rainy afternoon while sipping my coffee. Uh, just one thing I wanted to add, I felt like everyone needed to know. 
you can't do Freud so dirty. He was pivotal in shifting the way people thought about uh, psychoanalysis and um, the world as we know it. Uh, actually, one of my favorite podcasters, I won't mention his podcast, but uh, Dr. Peter Rollins, also a philosopher, he actually thinks Freud didn't go far enough. Um, so for those of you that uh, like this conversation or enjoyed the, uh, listening to it, I would suggest you look into uh, Rene Girard's Mimetic Desire. It's been super helpful for me in understanding fetish- fetishes, I think, because um, what, what Rollins says is he says, whereas Freud just, you know, focused in on how everything was driven by sex. What mimetic desire shows us is that it's not driven by sex, but it's driven by sexuality, which is a little bit more, obviously, than just sex, but the realization of relational um, love for people. So mimetic meaning we mirror the desires of those we love. So rather than you desire your mother, the reason you desire your mother is because you love your father. And so then the mother becomes the object of your desires. When you when you love your father, you want to love like your father. And you see that your father loves your mother. Um, it becomes really interesting then when you uh, play it with real, uh, religion and with uh, spirituality and all these other ideas. But um, mimetic desire, it's super helpful for understanding how Freud might be onto something and how we can continue to think about our fetishes, our fantasies, what is the things that we love, whether that stems from a love we hold for one of our caregivers um, or for some role model in our lives, and also seeing where those stem from, why they might have stemmed from those areas. I know for me, when you guys talked about some of those childhood memories, I remember being walked into my very first locker room when I was six years old and thinking, there's something that's weird about this, but I knew that it was what my parents wanted me to do. It was, uh, you know, getting involved in a sport, and that was <laughs> not something that I necessarily wanted to do. But uh, when you get that locked in your head, what your parents desire for you, and then you begin to desire that for yourself, um, it's not out of some odd sex drive thing. It's out of a, a love and a relationship with your caregivers. Um, and I think that's been helpful for me, at least, for understanding a lot of those different conversations, a lot of those weird fantasies and fetishes that are harder to talk about. So, Medic Desire by Rene Girard, also another great philosopher, Peter Rollins, and all of his thoughts as well. But thank you guys for having the hard conversations and inviting us into them. Love you all. Okay, so first of all, wow, amazing message, Daniel. Thank you for taking the time. That was like one of the most articulate messages we've ever received. No shade to anyone else who's ever called. And I'm not calling you not articulate, but um, I love, yeah, I love the countering perspective. I love the Freud stan. I love that someone, you know, cause we had a lot of, we had a lot of Freud hate in our last episode for those that listened. And so, um, so I appreciated the other perspective and it was just so well thought out. I was like, honestly, by the end of the message, I was like, hey, hey, Daniel, do you just want to host this show now? Do you just want to take it? Cause I feel like that was, <laughs> That was just stated so well. And um, and he, I went on a little rabbit hole, as he mentioned, Peter Rollins and um, mimetic desire. I was like looking at some YouTube videos about that, listening to this guy speak. He is a, he's North Irish. And so just listening to him speak, I was hanging on his every word because I love, I love accents like that. And so, um, so thank you for that little shout out, that little, little tidbit. Um, yeah, it was just such a, such a great such a great message. That was, that's what I, that's what I'm looking for. You guys, that is the bar that has been set that I'm, mm. I would love to hear from you guys share two and a half minutes of that gold, pure, pure gold. Ryan and Jacob, do you guys love Sigmund Freud too? <laughs> I mean, having this past year, having gotten, um, 
very close to a psychoanalyst. I know that I have heard, I've heard a lot more about uh, Freud in the past year than I've heard in my entire life. And I think he does get a really bad rap by folks who don't understand his complete works. And so I don't, I don't claim that I understand a whole lot, but I do know that that opinion that was shared by Daniel. Yeah. Yes. Is, uh, was, was, uh, really good. And I know many others who would completely agree. Yeah. To be fair, I know nothing about Sigmund Freud other than the little blurbs that I pick out. And it's like, ah, it's so funny. He thinks about penises all the time. And it's just <laughs> like, that's literally all I know about Sigmund Freud. So, so it was great to hear from somebody who's read a lot and Dean's read, to be fair, Dean has, you know, in his counseling background has, has read a good amount of Sigmund Freud. And he did, to be fair, acknowledge that Sigmund Freud did accomplish some things, did, you know, did say some good stuff, but that generally on the whole, not a big fan of, of the guy. Ryan, this is our, this is going to complete our Sigmund Freud talk for this episode. Do you have any Freud thoughts, <laughs> any Freudian slips <laughs> to share? Um, to the best of my understanding, or, or my understanding is that Freud sort of um, warmed everyone up to the idea that our sexuality sort of pervades all of ourselves, all of our mm. personality, all of our heart, all of our emotions. And I think that is a useful thing to understand, even if um, even if it can be frustrating sometimes. Um, so that that's my thought on Sigmund Freud. Thank you for asking. Well, succinctly stated. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. Um, and real quick, because you guys, you would think two and a half minutes from Daniel was was fantastic enough. But you guys, Daniel called back again, and he shared another message. So let's go ahead and play that one real quick. Hey, young brothers, this is Daniel from Southern California. Yes, I called back because the first call was so much fun. No, I was so nervous I forgot uh, that. Yes, the book club is amazing. First meeting was awesome. And even if the, those of you are thinking or considering it, uh, don't have time to read the book in time for our, our second meeting, the book has been incredible. I'm just finishing up now, and it's well worth the read. So I highly suggest. That's it. Okay, my final plug. Bye. And there you have it, you guys. Not one, but two calls. Actually, well, three calls from Southern California, but two from the same person. Thank you, Daniel, for calling um, and for supporting the book club. He was there. I was there. Ryan was there. Um, it was a great time. We had such a great, had such a great discussion with over a dozen guys. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to see where, where the book club goes in the future. Cause by the time this comes out, we will have had our second one. Um, as we discussed Henry Nowen's return to the prodigal son. So um, excited to see where, where the journey takes us next month to close out 2020. We are reading the horse and his boy by CS Lewis. Um, I think Ryan, you said you joked that it is a, a sleeper side B hit, like all the side B universe loves this book. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of accurate though. Like the guys that I've been talking to are all saying that it's their favorite of the Narnia books. And so Dean included. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see what people get out of it. For the record, that's, that's not me. I've never read it. I don't know who said, <laughs> who said that. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. I don't think you it's jokes, a, it's yeah. not, it's not a side B hit, but I was actually shocked Tom that you didn't say instantly that it was your absolute favorite because it feels like a very Enneagram four hit because it's so unlike the others and like is in its own uh, timeline. Yeah, yeah. And 
I mean, this was become before I became self-aware of who I was. Like I read this mm. book 15 years ago, something like that. And I just didn't like it because it was so different. That was the problem. And so now I'm, I'm really excited to read it with, with new eyes, the yeah. eyes of a child in my, <laughs> in my thirties. And so I'm, I, I think it'll go well. I'm actually, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Is it a side B hit because it's not uh, the, a horse and his boyfriend? Ooh. Yep, <laughs> that's it. I guess we'll of, find out. A lot of side B guys just adore this book, though. So I mean, mm. I'm, I'm, I've been curious about that's it for it. several You're years now up. to see what happens. No, I've heard from multiple sources that this mm-hmm. is their favorite, favorite of the Narnia series. So, so that's what we're ju- ju- jumping into next month. If you guys want to join the fun, we had, like I said, a dozen guys show up for our first book club. Um, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash Your Other Bros for all the information that is there. And I need to bring this up because it's uh, a few of our yabbers have have brought this up. They're they're asking me, Tom, what happened to the yabalog? Where where is it? Where did it go? It's all the links are gone. No new episodes have been out in a while. Um, and I'm so I'm finally addressing the controversy. I'm putting this to bed because the yabalog did not die. The yabalog took a little break, a little breaky break. Um, <laughs> a lot of it was logistical, as like I'm navigating new servers and new hosting opportunities, places to put this thing. And so, um, so all the episodes are currently unavailable that we've done like the 10 or 12 or 15, however many that we've done. Um, but they'll be back. They'll be re-uploaded somewhere, hopefully soon. And, um, the goal is to keep that as a monthly bonus podcast just for our yabbers. And so, so stay tuned. I don't know if it's going to happen before the end of the year or if that'll drag over into next year. I don't know. We'll see. I'm trying to balance lots of, uh, lots of tasks right now. So, uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. We are we're currently doing a lot with Yabba. I mean, like I said, we've launched the book club. Um, we were unable to have a physical in-person retreat this year, but we are having a digital Yabbers retreat next month in December. Um, and so that's also something that's being planned right now for our wonderful, amazing supporters. So, um, so yeah, a lot of cool stuff with Yab coming. And that's just, I haven't even mentioned the other stuff. There's, there's other stuff coming too. So, um, so stay tuned. I feel like by Sometime early 2021, hopefully all the cylinders will be firing on all the all the new and exciting stuff coming coming to Yab. So so stay tuned. I know I know people love the Yabalog. They love the cut-ups, they love the jokes, they love the extended stories. And so they'll be back before long. Um, along with our voicemail, something else you haven't had in a while is a Apple Podcast rating review. And so I wanted to read this one real quick from Landon. Thank you, Landon, for sharing this with us. His subject line. Oh, it was a five-star review, by the way. I have to clarify now. It used to be so assumed Yay, that if, if you rate our show, it must be five stars, but sometimes <laughs> it's not. And that's okay. That's that's totally fine. Um, but it was a five-star review. He the subject line said fraternity, and he said this. I'm thankful I'm able to listen in and feel like a part of a community that is vulnerable and talks about things that are important to my life. The show is fun, thought-provoking, and hope-driven. So thank you, Landon, for sharing your thoughts, giving us a five-star rating, taking the time to do that. It continues to help get our show out there into the wide old universe. So um, y'all can do that on Apple Podcasts or all the other ones that are out there too. Stitcher. I like to put, I like to bring up Stitcher every <laughs> once in a while. Y'all rate us on Stitcher. We would, we would really appreciate it. Mm. And before we get into our conversation on attraction, we have to thank our sponsor for this I was gonna say this week's episode. What do I usually say? Not this week's episode. It's not this month's episode. What is it? I think you just say this episode. This yeah. episode? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. 
I feel off today, you guys. I don't know. I've said it's glad to have you here. It's, it's glad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling a little off today, but um, thankful to our sponsor um, and a shout out to my, my friend, Nathan. I, I've, I think I've shared a few times that I have so many Nathans in my life. And I've, I know I mentioned it to you, Jacob, because your brother's name is Nathan. And um, so one of my friends, Nathan, one we want, we're having a conversation one day, a long time ago about what our favorite things are. And he mentioned something on his list, which is, our sponsor. It happens to be our sponsor for today's episode. One of his favorite things and the sponsoring of this episode is slightly magnetic things, slightly magnetic <laughs> things, not like super strong magnetic things, but slightly magnetic things like mm. the charger of an air, like a, like a MacBook or like certain Bluetooth headphones that you slide into a little charging dock and they just slip right in and they magnetize. Those are mm. lovely, lovely magnetic attractions. Or like a paperclip that's been hanging around with magnets for a while. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it just takes on that magnetic, <laughs> slightly magnetic quality. So thank you, Slightly Magnetic yeah. Things, for sponsoring our conversation today on attraction. Mm. So like I said, you guys, at the top, talking about fetishes last time, I, <laughs> I went I went down some some dark rabbit holes, some trails that took me places that I, I didn't know how I, would, how I would find my way back. You should have seen all the tabs open on my computer. I was going and going and going and, and somehow had to crawl my way back to the lights and I, and I found my way back. But um, today I thought it would just be a good old time to just share some stories, share some perspectives. Um, I did not a lick of research and sue me. If y'all are listening and you expect me to quote some significant source, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, not this episode. I'm just talking to Jacob and Ryan about what is attraction? Let's just start there. What do you guys define as attraction? Because I'm gonna put out a poll in a second or give you the poll results rather um, that I shared about this topic very soon. But what, how would you just in its base form, relational attraction, What what is that? I think it's when somebody like sort of pulls you out of yourself in in a certain way or on a certain level, like it causes you to, without really thinking about it, go out of your way, um, kind of disrupts your normal uh, internal operation in a way that sort of like it encourages you to um, to, or I guess in their direction in some way. I like that. And I think that not, I think that I would, I would, add on to that is that it also is the longing and desire for a greater and deeper intimacy with another person. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's sort of like fulfilled it, the, the idea is that it's sort of fulfilled by intimacy. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but that's kind of like what, what we're aiming for, what it feels like our hearts sort of directed towards mm. in that attraction. For sure. I mean, all we have to do, you guys, is look at our sponsor and just consider the concept of magnetic attraction and two objects moving toward one another. I think that's in essence, like if you mm -hmm. just want to make it really simple, it's like two humans moving toward one another. Yep. That's, I think that's, if you want to be super simplistic, that's attraction. I think also there's a, there's also a, um, there's an element of like, Attraction is at least doesn't feel like it's something that we have any control over. Like it's just there. It's uh, spontaneous, and I think that's a that's a that's a part of it. Is that it? Um, it just happens. Interesting. So you don't think you can force yourself to be attracted? To I'm going to argue for that, but 
We will see if I, because I, I have six, some thoughts. No, I have some very, or not. <laughs> I have some significant thoughts about that towards the Excellent. end of this conversation. Um, but real quick, I wanted to, to run these poll results by you guys. Cause I actually did two polls. I did one in the Yabbers group on Facebook for our supporters. And then I did another poll on Twitter. And I wish I had given more notice on that one because it was very spur of the moment just earlier today. So for a few hours, some people voted. Um, and those are, Sometimes there's some crossover between my the Facebook audience and my Twitter. Obviously, my Twitter audience is more of a diverse, you know, open to whoever sees it. So, so who knows what the results are? But um, the results were very similar, I would say, across both mediums. I put the question out there, just a really simple question, intentionally vague. I said, "Would you say you're attracted to your friends?" Yes or no? Just a really simple, vague question. Would you say you're attracted to your friends? Um, mm. And what do you think Twitter audience versus, well, I already spoiled it, that it was very similar results for both audiences, but but I'm assuming neither of you have seen it, seen the results. I'm curious what y'all think percentage-wise, um, people saying yes versus no, that they're attracted to their friends. I'm going to go with around 70% yes and 30% no. Okay. I'm going with 63, yes, 37, no. Okay, wow. This is really great news because you guys both win. You both won. <laughs> oh, I love that. You, you basically hit it on the head. So on Twitter, well yeah, on, well on Twitter, it was 63% yes, 37% no. 37 and a half, technically. But, yeah, um, and then Ryan, 70-30, yes, no. Whoa. <laughs> wow. So I you, would have guessed that uh, Twitter would be the 70% one. But oh, I have really? no yeah. reason. I, I didn't. Know. Yeah. I'm not going to list the numbers. I didn't get as many votes as I would have liked necessarily on the Twitter. Uh-huh. So, um, so scientifically, margin of error might be slightly wonky there. But um, <laughs> so thank you for the people that voted. If you've listened, if you're listening to this episode, um, I was kind of expecting that. And the, and I left the question intentionally vague because there were comments in the average group like, well, what do you mean? Like, am I sexually attracted to my friends or am I physically attracted to my friends? Or, And I was like, no, no, this, you, you guys are overthinking yes. it. Like, are you attracted to your friends? Yes or no? Like, say yes or no. Um, and I'm really curious to dive into the the results with you guys. What do you, any like thing jump out when you see those results? Roughly 60, 70% of these people saying that, yes, they are attracted to the friends, but 30, 37% saying they're not. Um, are the 37% wrong? Are they right? Are they misguided? Are they right where they need to be? What's what, what, I don't know. I'm curious for some hot takes looking at those results. Cause I have, I certainly have some that I'll share. Yeah. I think the, the first thing that popped into my head is that like, as, as you said, from the beginning, like all of us have kind of a different definition of what attraction means. And I would say that most of the time when, when we think of it, when we think of attraction, we think of it first in terms of uh, sexual and physical. Um, and so I think that it would be, if you could break down that poll into, uh, groups of just how people, uh, defined it, that would be interesting. I also think too, and this is just just a feeling that I, I get the sense that women are probably more likely to say that they are attracted to their friends than men are. Um, I could be completely wrong Mm -hmm. on that, but when I think about the, people that I know personally, um, I think that I would, I have, have a lot more, uh, female friends who talk about being attracted to their female friends. This is where it'd be really helpful if we had your other sisters mm. up, up online to be able Indeed. to confirm or deny 
to, to, to check and see. Yeah, I think you have a good point, Jacob, that I think men in our culture probably have a narrower definition of attraction that's more tied to like sex or romance. Um, yeah, I, uh, and I also think that maybe there's some generational differences where I think maybe younger generations think the question is also sort of asking like, uh, are your friends attractive, which, you know, young people have a fierce loyalty to their friends that they, they want to say, yes, yeah, they're attractive. I'm attracted, you know, I'm attracted to them. Um, yeah, I remember, uh, I forget who it was, uh, who shared the story of talking to uh, her therapist and saying, um, and the therapist made the point that like, yeah, of course you're attracted to your friends. Like who, why would you be friends with people you're not attracted to in some way? And I, th- I feel like that's a good point where like, it's, it could, it could be that like, it's not so much that I am, uh, I'm friends with you, therefore I'm attracted to you and more that like, I'm attracted to you guys in some way on some level. And that's why you're my friends. Yeah. I think that works really. I think that's a very clean explanation. Yeah, it really just comes down to what what are you defining as attraction? Because again, there was there was a few comments in in the Facebook group about like people talking about how they might start out being physically or even sexually attracted to their friends, but then it wanes over time as you like get to know them or whatever. Um, which I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's that's their experience with with certain friendships, um, and I can kind of relate with that as well. Like sometimes I might be initially physically drawn to somebody, um, and maybe there's not as much of a a pull to the the physical side of, of someone's attractiveness. But then, but then inevitably, as I get to know somebody, then they become, there's like an emotional attraction that develops, right? Because now I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy spending time with you. I enjoy going on adventures or, or trading stories or being vulnerable and talking about what's going on in our lives. And so, so then this emotional attraction may develop. And um, so it's really interesting to just hear how people define that and how, what your scope of attraction is. Because again, I think that's really what that question comes down to. And I was, I was fascinated by the results because I wanted to see if our community differed from the quote unquote public community and, and again, limited poll results, not very scientific whatsoever, but, um, but the limited results that I saw, it was interesting to see the correlation that, um, it seems like by and large, most people would probably agree that they're attracted to their friends, but, but then maybe others have strong opinions against, against that. Not so much. So I was curious, you guys, what categories of attraction do you have? Like, if you were to like unspool this a little bit, I already rattled off a few, like certainly there's physical attraction. Certainly there's a sexual attraction, which those might be the same for some people. Those might be very different for some people. Um, I'm certainly someone who experiences an emotional, emotional attraction to people. Um, like, are there other categories of attraction? Is it, does it get any deeper? Does it get, start to get ridiculous the deeper you go? Like, are we trying to nitpick, analyze this to death or, or I'm curious if y'all experience, can y'all think of any specific categories of attraction beyond those three, three ones, I would say. Yeah. I also, um, really enjoy the categories of intellectual attraction and, uh, spiritual attraction. Ooh, explain those. Cause I was trying it in my head I, or in my notes, actually, I wrote down mental question mark, mental attraction. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound so right. I think, yeah, I intellectual think sounds better. Yeah. I think that there is a, in my experience, there is a kind of attraction that comes from being able to talk about complex ideas or thoughts, or um, say you're like really passionate about your, your, your industry or your uh, career, um, things that are, or like to 
talk about books that have intense and deep thoughts in them. I think, I think all those seem like they, they don't fit well into the other categories. And so I think that they, they do earn their own place at the table. So intellectual attraction, it's like emotional attraction for people without feelings. <laughs> or if you want to put the feelings to the side for a little bit and just focus on the heady stuff. That's that's kind of how I'd... Sure. That <laughs> sounds horrible to me, but yeah, we're not that's an option. We're not talking about feelings here. We're just talking, talking about, about serious head stuff, ideas. Not, not like yeah. heavy, heavy emotional like, stuff. Like yeah, for yeah. instance, I'm thinking about like back when I was in college um, and I was in things like uh, physics and advanced math classes and like um, things that were really intense and complicated. And if there were people in my class who like just got those things and could understand them and and explain them, I found that to be a really attractive thing. Like regardless of their physical features? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I don't think, I think, I'm sure we will talk about this more. I don't think that you can ever purely isolate any one attraction to just one thing. Cause it is like, we are such complicated inter interwoven beings that I think that are every attraction that we have, I think towards another person is going to have layers to it. I think that some will be more uh, pronounced than others, but I don't think that they're ever alone. I would, I would, I would argue. What would you argue, Ryan? I would, I would say my experience is that if there's such a thing as intellectual attraction or spiritual attraction, I have not experienced those independently from like emotional or physical attraction. Um, and if I, or maybe I have, and I just don't, I am unable to tell the difference. Um, I would say like, so I was thinking about this question of like different categories and, um, to me, it all just feels so like tied together and wrapped up in itself that I don't know that, um, like, I don't know that I could really ever experience, um, well, I just have a hard time imagining experience like physical attraction isolated from emotional attraction or vice versa. I have a, I have, I have something for you to ponder that might that might fit uh into that uh uh, category i'm thinking uh, personally of like um um really so like a uh popular and and or famous uh christian author or uh preacher or like for instance i'm a big um john piper fan um i don't know him at all i'm not i don't find him physically attractive. you don't have the hots for him attractive i don't okay. <laughs> but when it comes to his uh his uh preaching and his and his writing his um how he thinks and just how passionately he loves jesus i find him to be a very attractive man and i would say i think that my Attractions only fit in the categories of into intellectual and spiritual. Spiritual, yeah, that makes sense. I hear what you're saying about that. Yeah, is that does that is is there is there anyone that you could think of that might possibly fit into that category, or or would you not even use the language of attraction? 
which is also I, a reasonable answer. I probably wouldn't use the language of attraction. I think I would say I admire him. Um, like I admire his intellect or I think he has some great ideas that are always engaging to me, but it doesn't, it doesn't pull on the core of me, which is what I think attraction sort of means to me. Uh, there is also the real, the reality, and this is something that I recognize I need to grow in that, um, attractive people pull more weight with me, um, in their, in their ideas and their intellect and their spirituality. And so, um, uh, oh, sorry, physically attractive people pour, pull more weight with me in this, in those areas. And so, um, I think part of the answer is that I, I wouldn't think of that as attraction. Another part of the answer is that, um, like I might use the word attractive if John Piper looked different, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. If John Piper looks like Zac Efron or I don't know, pick, pick whatever heartthrob, <laughs> young heartthrob there is. Then does our, all of a sudden does intellectual attraction sound pretty nice? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that for my own self actually. Um, but, uh, you started to bring up something that I've definitely been pondering. This was the, you know, like I said, compared to our previous podcast, this is a breeze. I'm so excited <laughs> to be talking just about attraction with you guys. This is great. But the one uncomfortable part of this conversation that I feel compelled to enter into, which I don't like, but I'm going to, cause Ryan already has kind of opened that door. Um, is that for me, physical attraction, there is definitely that, like that almost feels like the entryway of, of to, to many of my friendships that if they're, if they're physically attracted to me, then there's like, okay, now I can like, now I have this desire to want to get to know them in all the other ways, emotionally, spiritually, what have you. Um, and I just feel really convicted about that. And I've, I've been cognizant of that. I've at least been self-aware of that for the last few years um, of my life inside this side B world and out actually. So whether it's digital relationships or, um, or just out and about going, going to church, going wherever I go in, in public, um, there's always that inclination that I want to be friends with someone physically attractive. And I feel very like, vulnerable stating that out loud that I was like, why can't I be friends with someone who's maybe not as physically attractive? Why am I not drawn to them the same way that I'm initially drawn? And I, you know, I'm a visual creature. A lot of us are, we, we see what we like and and we see what we want more of. Um, and so I wish I had more of like a, a sixth sense or more of us, like a second layer of vision to see people's hearts, to see people's minds, um, to be attracted in those ways, just as powerfully, or at least initially, as I am with, with phys- what I would deem as physically attractive people. And that's, that's something I want to work on because I honestly look back on my life and I'm like, oh my gosh, how many friendships, really good, awesome, solid friendships have I missed out on because I discarded them because they don't match whatever physical ideal or some sort of level of attractiveness that I'm inevitably looking for in myself if I'm being even more vulnerable that I want to become more of or absorb their masculinity. That's kind of a concept I've talked about before. Um, and so that's, that's the convicting part of this conversation is like, I want to be, I want to experience friendship. And Jacob, you were talking about this earlier. Like I want to experience friendship, where there's not necessarily an attraction, um, a mutual attraction, but like, what if I went out of my way to be friends with somebody, even though I'm not like super attracted to them physically or otherwise, what if I just feel God calling me to be that person's friend, regardless of whatever I get out of it, you know? So, so that's the convicting part of me. It's something stuff that I'm processing when I consider attraction and friendships, um, yeah, my only friends with you because I like how you look, or is there something more to it than that? Shouldn't there? Be? Would, would you say that that is true, whether that friend is a man or a woman? Oh, uh, I mean, it's way more true with men, I would say. 
I'm, I'm less focused, I think, with women, what, regardless of what they look like. I mean, I can tell if there's an attractive woman. I, I have my definition of what an attractive woman looks like, but that's not True. nearly as like heart pounding and at the top of my priority list as it comes to male friendships, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think I I uh, resonate with that 100%. Um, I think that something that is encouraging in that um, kind of is... Uh, twofold. One being that I know that just just because a person is physically attractive, that doesn't hold enough weight um, in the sense that it doesn't take long. That if I if I meet if I meet meet someone who upon first looking's at, I say oh they're really really uh, beautiful, and then upon getting to know them, I actually learn that they're a jerk or they're really unkind or they're immature or they're, there's just all these like issues. They actually, I don't know if this is true for either of you, they actually become less physically attractive to the point to where like you get, Ooh. if I get to know a, like just, just a mean, suddenly their a- abs idiot, don't cut as deep. Do it's they? just like, Oh, like <laughs> you don't like, you don't, you don't look. Yeah. You actually don't look good anymore. So that, that gives me, encouragement that like I know that in my friendships with with people who do look good that last for a long time I know for a fact that's not hinging on like oh like it's just because they look good Mm -hmm. on the other hand which is also I think an encouraging thing is that I've known people who when I first met them I thought like yeah they're not like I don't really think they're that good uh good looking like yeah, like, no, I don't really see it. But then upon getting to know them and getting closer and seeing their heart, they are then actually, then they become physically attractive, which I find is a super interesting thing that like, I didn't think that mm. you were super awesome looking, but now that I've gotten to know you, you have become, because I'm like knowing you as a whole person, you've become one of one of the most beautiful persons that I've ever seen, which I think is super, Mm. super cool. Does that, do either of those things resonate with, with you two? Or am I just a little bit? uh, Yeah. I'm trying to think about relationships in my life where that would be the case. Like I'm sure I could pick out a couple examples. I don't think it's nearly as strong as you paint that picture for yourself. Um, But I think, I think there are absolutely instances on both sides where I, I would probably agree with with experiencing that on some level. Sure. You made me think of a distinction in attractions that, that I've experienced, but didn't really think about till now. There's kind of an aesthetic attraction and a physical attraction. And, and so uh, the aesthetic attraction being like, I like to look at you, like my eyes are going to be drawn to you. Um, And then the physical attraction is I want, I want a physical intimacy with you, whether that's like um, touch or just like proximity or or whatever. And, and so I think that my physical attraction will track with emotional attraction like that, where like people kind of fall into and out of favor with my emotional attraction and then they'll kind of follow with that, uh, with the physical attraction. But that that for me is pretty independent of aesthetic attraction where I can still um find a very um distressing person (laughs) personally uh to be visually appealing and like i don't mind i don't mind looking at them i just don't really want to talk to them so yeah Mm. 
Oh yeah. I, I love that. I love the layers of that. It's like aesthetic is at the top and then maybe physical next, next down. And then like sexual would probably be then further down from that. Like having these layers of physical quote unquote mm. attraction. Um, I can see, I can pick out examples in my life, which I will not name right now, but I was, um, I was thinking in my head of like, oh yeah, people who are aesthetically attractive to me, who I don't really know or care to get to know necessarily. Um, but then other relationships that, that kind of go deeper. Um, I, I can track with that for sure. Yeah. Just going back real quick. Like when I was new to the side B world years and years ago, way before Yab was ever a thing. And I was involved in various Facebook groups. Like I remember my heart would race. Like when I would get a friend request from an attractive man in one of these groups, like there would be this initial rush, this initial thrill, like, Oh wow. Like what? He wants to be friends with me. He, he sent me a friend request. And then inevitably inevitably the expectations fall way flat because either he can't hold a conversation or, or he's just like super horny all the time and it's not a productive relationship whatsoever or, or whatever, mm -hmm. any kind of other issues that come up and it's like, okay, suddenly the shine and the luster years and years of this happening um, and suddenly getting turned off to like all the Facebookers. There's so many side B groups out there. And the only one I'm involved in now is, is our Yabbers group. Um, it's kind of like lost its luster. Like, yeah, you can look at someone's profile picture and they can be so attractive and have the best tan or the best hair or the best muscles or chiseled jaw or whatever you want to pick out. Um, <laughs> no shade to Jacob right now, <laughs> as, far as, as far as the hair comment goes. But um, but yeah, it's like, that's okay. Aesthetic attraction. That's like very surfacey. Great. That's, there's nothing wrong with it. We all are drawn to things that we, we like. We all have our different tastes or different Again, we talked about fetishes last time. We have our different turn-ons and different desires that we have, but for whatever reason. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Years of being in this world, it's, it's kind of, I'm starting to get over it. The whole, like, yes, I find certain people physically attractive, but that doesn't mean I want to drop everything I'm doing and suddenly pursue a friendship with that person. Like if there's reasons for us to connect and have conversations and interact with one another beyond, you know, beyond that initial aesthetic or physical attraction, then awesome. But um I'd like to think I'm getting better at like not obsessing over that as much as I have in years past. Cause years past, that was something I was, I was definitely idolizing. That was something I was definitely, I just wanted all these attractive friends and why, like, why was I so obsessed with so many <laughs> wanting to have these attractive friends? I, I don't know. It's been a journey. Mm. So here's a question. So far, it seems like we've made a distinction between physical attraction and sexual attraction. Um, what, what would you say is the difference there? Like, how, how do we characterize those two? Like where, I guess, where, where's the boundary maybe? Not that there is necessarily going to be a clear, crisp boundary, but. I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan, because we actually, so we have a spreadsheet, you guys, this is behind the scenes knowledge for everyone listening. We have a spreadsheet with all these potential topics. Um, and so we have attraction on there, but actually one of our other topics listed on there, I don't know if you're aware of this, is sexual versus physical attraction and what that is. And so we can certainly dive into that conversation now, but I definitely think this is worth a deeper dive mm. some other time in the future of like differentiating what is physical attraction? What is sexual attraction? How do those overlap? How do those go in completely different directions? Like I, I would love to kind of flesh that out with, uh, with some good, some good time, but off the top of your head, what do you have to say about that? Jacob? Yeah, I, um, I would say that as I've, talked about before I think on past episodes I can I can name the people that I have experienced or I can count the number of people that I have experienced a sexual attraction towards on one hand so it's not a it's not a super common thing for me I think what what feels like the pattern 
or and the difference I would say between physical and uh, uh, sexual is that I have to experience all of the other kinds of attraction. So thinking it's, it's, I'm thinking of like some kind of uh, game where you have to like uh, fill out all of a certain number of bubbles first. Like, what am I thinking of? I can't think of anything, but it's, it's like I, a game with bubbles. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like, I don't know, a, a game where you have to like fulfill all, all of the other categories first, and then you get the last oh, like one. Phase like, 10. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's just, <laughs> yes, you have to. So shout out what, to all of our phase 10 out there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have to, it seems as though I have to first experience all of the other phases. So I like see. really like intense, emotional, uh, spiritual, intellectual, physical. But did we say then, another one? Once you pass through all those doors at the end like, of the hallway. Once you've, yes. Once you've gotten through all this door. and then, yeah. yes. And then that's, that's when that, that's when that ha- happens. Mm. So, mm-hmm. also, yeah, I mean, I, I get a sense, I'm sure. And, and we're, we will see as we talk about it. And I'm, it's a different experience for everyone. Cause I, yeah. I personally know folks who um, would say that every time that they feel physical attraction, it's also sexual, that there is, that there isn't ever a difference. Yeah. That's a good teaser about where you come from. So I'd love to hear. Yeah. I'll share mine in a second. Yeah, but what about I would you, Ryan? say like uh, either 98% of my physical attractions are also sexual attractions or only 2% of my physical attractions are also sexual attractions, like depending on kind of how you define it, which is why I'm kind of, Mm. which is what I'm not sure about. It all comes down to how we define things. Surprise. That's what it always comes down to. What is gay? What is side Mm. beat? What is SSA? What is attraction? Cause I, I've been very open in blogs, podcasts and in counseling that that I've never desired sex. Like that has never been something. So if you're, if you're asking me, am I sexually attracted in that? I want to have sex with someone. I have never experienced that, but have I experienced arousal in the company of male friends? Absolutely. Yes, I have. And so is that sexual attraction? Is that just physical Mm. attraction manifesting in a sexual way? I don't know. I don't know how to define this stuff. Y'all tell us, how do you define (laughs) physical sexual attraction? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. So that will, we'll save the rest of that conversation for another episode because I think I would love to get into that more. What is physical and sexual attraction? Because, yeah, I would have to think about that. I would have to do some work, you guys. And mm-hmm. again, as that, yeah, that no work today. That feels like that feels like an excellent episode that we bring in some kind of expert to like teach us all the difference between those two. That's just my. Thoughts. Do you have an expert in mind? A couple, yeah. Really? A couple. Yeah. Okay. Let's I know people. I got I got me some uh, sexual connections. Okay. Wow. Okay. Y'all stay tuned for that. We'll try to <laughs> we'll try to make that episode happen in the new year. Um well, just real quick you guys, we're we're running out of time, but I kind of wanted to make that differentiation between platonic and romantic attraction because I think inevitably in our culture, um and even for us on the call and those listening, like you might've, when you heard the the phrase attraction, your, your first inclination, your first definition for it might be romantic. And that's not necessarily wrong. I mean, that's obviously, that is another category we haven't even talked about until right now is the romantic attraction versus a platonic attraction. Um, 
and I guess in my, as I look at the poll results, I get the sense that people, people who vote no, maybe have a more narrow, and this isn't judgment. It's could be right. It could be wrong. I don't know, but maybe have a more narrow view of what attraction is. If it's purely romantic, if it's purely sexual versus just like, no, I just love hanging out with my boys, drinking the beers on watching the, the Super Bowls, you know, it's just like all that's, that's attraction in my opinion, in my definition, but it may not be for someone else. Um, so I'm curious in y'all's lives, we've lived about three ish decades on this planet. All of us each, that's like a century. We've have a century of life <laughs> between the three of us. Um, have you experienced, I guess, yeah, I guess that's the question. A, have you even experienced romantic attraction? And that can be for a woman. That can certainly be for another man. Wouldn't it be a, a shocker if y'all admitted that you experienced that for another man, but maybe you've experienced it for a woman too, on some level, I don't know, or the idea of one. Um, I'm curious, yeah, just to, to bring the romantic attraction quotient. It'd be great if we had a married guy on the show today, but alas, we don't. But, um, but I'd love to hear y'all's, y'all's dabblings and romantic attractions, what, what that feels like or looks like. Yeah, actually, I had a conversation with a friend um, a few months back about um, kind of our, he's, he's, he's also a side B about that, experience of romantic uh, uh, attraction and for him he finds it utterly terrifying and like hates it for me that's when i feel the most alive which i think is just interesting and just how we're uh uh wired um i think that when i've come to realize that when i use the language of like i experience same-sex attraction what i'm actually saying is that um when it comes to both romantic and sexual attraction i have only experienced those towards other men and not towards other women um and i think it's actually good to have that kind of uh nuanced thought lest we um as they say, uh, th uh, throw out the baby with the bathwater. And if we experience any kind of attraction towards other guys, which is, this is how I operated when I was younger of like, oh, if I feel anything uh, drawing me to another guy, I need to just like shut that down. Can't talk to him ever. Like that's just, that's just out. Um, and I don't think that's a helpful way to, to uh, think about it. Very interesting. I have thoughts. I don't know if I'll share them, but we'll see. Tom, when you were asking your question, I uh, forgot that I was unmuted and the audience probably heard me sighing very loudly. Um, <laughs> because- Oh no, not I think, this question. <laughs> well, I, I think for a long time or yeah, for a long time, many different situations in my life, I sort of um, hid behind this distinction of platonic attraction versus romantic attraction. And I sort of like pretended that all of my romantic attractions were actually platonic attractions um, and said, oh, well, you know, uh, I just want to spend time with this guy because I want to be friends with him. Um, when the reality was that I was experiencing, you know, these, these romantic feelings that weren't going to be satisfied by, um, by a strictly platonic friendship. Um, and so I guess, 
uh, and so I sigh because I'm thinking of um, just my uh, history with that. But also, I don't, um, I don't know. I guess, I guess where I'm at right now, looking back on those years, I don't, I, I don't feel confident in saying that I really experience um, platonic, just plain. <laughs> Uh, plain vanilla or cold water platonic attraction uh, very much um, because all of, all of my friendships, even the ones that aren't like sexually directed, which is pretty much all of them, but like all of my friendships do have an element of sort of romantic ish passion to them. Um, Like I've felt that way about both of you guys. Um, and, and that's something that, um, that draws me into connection and friendship with you, even though I know that, you know, you're not going to be my boyfriends, plural. <laughs> um, so both of us at once. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think, you know, I, I think that maybe some people experience really do experience platonic attraction and, uh, and and are able to sort of like clearly delineate between the two, but also I don't think it's good to uh, you know I I would just encourage people to be honest with themselves about what they're feeling um, because that that'll help you draw boundaries better, which is ultimately going to be what's best for your relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you're sharing, thank you for sharing that, Ryan. Um, once again, it comes down to definitions. And I actually, I just pulled up the definition of romantic because you guys, I don't know if you know this, I'm a four. I'm an Enneagram four. No. And they are, they are kind of, I know, shocking. And they are called lots of names. One of the names they're called is the romantic, which I've always pushed back against. I don't particularly like that that label, the romantic, <laughs> but um, for lots of reasons, which I'll soon delve into. But um, but I looked up the definition real quick because I know there is, you know, the first definition we all think about is like two people in love, whether it's a married couple, boyfriends, girlfriends, what have you. Um, but so that's like a primary definition that I just looked up, conducive to or characterized by the expression of love, like a romantic candlelit dinner. Um, and then there's another definition, which I think is more of the one that fits in general the four um personality type of the Enneagram, which is characterized by or suggestive of an idealized view of reality, like a romantic attitude toward the past. Um, and that's definitely a romantic that I can get behind because I, <laughs> I love both the past and the future. I love to have this ideal vision of how things were or how things will be one day, but certainly not now. Not, things are not, not now. <laughs> things are not ideal right now. That's for sure. Not in a pandemic with an autoimmune disease with separation and death surrounding me. No, not right now. Um, um, so yeah, when it comes down then to like those definitions, like, yes, I've experienced romantic attraction in the, in, in a platonic sense with, which is doubling definitions, crossing definitions, I feel like, but if, if y'all are tracking with me, having like an idealized form of intimacy that isn't sexual, that isn't, um, a sexual romantic relationship, essentially I've experienced that. Um, and I can go back to, I mean, I can actually go back to high school and college actually. And there's a couple ladies out there shout out to the ladies. Um, I experienced romantic attraction and maybe it was more the idea of romantic attraction mm-hmm. than the actual attraction itself, because certainly there was an emotional attraction. I loved hanging out with, with each of these women. They're just, they're so funny and, and kind and great and, and just loved just a joy to be around. Um, and so I know there certainly was an emotional attraction in a platonic sense, at least bare minimum. But, um, but in my head, like, you know, this was before I came out or maybe it was around that time, depends on the timelines, but around that early timeline of either just before I came out or 
or then just after I came out, I, you know, still very much it's ingrained in all of us growing up in America and growing up in Christianity to like spread your wings and find, you know, find a lovely lady out there who, who you can start a family with and, and do all that. And so I, maybe I just bought into that timeline for myself way more strongly back then than now. Cause I can definitely feel like the tinglings of my heart, like that romantic sense, like, okay, yeah. What would it look like to ask this person out to, to go to dinner with them, to, to go on dates with them, to, you know, dot, 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 eventually leading to marriage and two and a half kids. That's, that's the dream. Right. Um, and I will say I've experienced in all my years of, of being in this side B world and interacting with men all over the country, um, for the last decade now, um, there is one definitive person I would say that comes to mind when I think about a romantic attraction, like a full on, um, which I would honestly deem as an obsession, like a very obsessive relationship. Like one comes to mind immediately and it doesn't feel healthy. And that's not to say that I couldn't have had a healthy romantic same sex relationship. That's, that's beside the point, but, but for what it was, it was a very consuming relationship where it's like all my energies, all my focus, all of my everything went into this one person. Maybe that's less romantic and more idolization. Um, but it definitely had that kernel of, of like a romance that, uh, that, yeah, that it just didn't, it didn't feel good looking back on, on that, on that friendship that, that ultimately did not pan out. So, um, so that's, that's kind of, again, another uncomfortable part of the conversation for me. Cause I feel, I mostly, for the most part, feel pretty good about being individual. Again, that's the other name for the fourth, the individualist. Like I love just riding life solo. I love it. I love not being too intermingled with people, just kind of keep my own, my own lane, you know? And, um, and so to some extent I have to be open to relationships. Of course we all do, but, um, part of me wonders if I'm uniquely wired to maybe not need a romantic relationship as much as other people do, or as much as other people yearn for one. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there is a, there is a reason why on the Enneagram web, uh, website, they basically say that um, twos and fours should never date. And it's because I think in part, because of everything that you said, Sorry, Jacob. I'm the exact opposite. I know it's, it's rough, but it is what it is. <laughs> two, four, yeah. You guys, a two, four relationship. Two, four should. Yeah. We're not meant to be. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of push and pull. <laughs> it's a lot of heavy gravitational pulls. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly, yeah, I've had some, I, I joked with Jacob. I think when we were first starting to become friends, it was great. <laughs> it I was great. like, I was like, Jacob, I'm going to be really honest with you. I have not had the best track record with twos in my life. It just, it gets yep. very heavy, very quick yep. and it doesn't really work out. So and I, just think, yeah, you know. I think, I think I, I think that in response to that, I think I, I said something of like, I'm going to make it my mission to redeem the twos for you. Cause that sounds like something I would say. Redeem the twos. No, twos are great. I know there are plenty of twos listening. They're one of our most popular Enneagram categories, at least in our Yabbers group. So I know we have a lot of twos listening. Y'all are great people. Sometimes you'll just (laughs) exhaust me. That's all. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But I'm sure I exhaust you. Exactly. That's, that's just how it goes. I'm exhausted just listening to this. Yeah. No, no, sorry. No, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that, that you do. I was saying that other twos also exhaust me. Oh, I don't. Okay. Yeah. No, I was, I was, oh, with I, you, I was going to say, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. If you say I, or in general, all fours also exhaust you. That's totally, totally fine. I know, but I happen to have a lot of fours in my life who I love dearly. And it's just, mm. it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> We're just, we love the tempestuous seas. We love, mm. we love riding out these storms together. I just wanted to offer a bit of 
encouragement to anyone listening who um, does find themselves attracted to the same sex um, is that just like um, just like Ryan said earlier, um, it's okay to be attracted to your friends and that um, if the people that you are closest to didn't have attractive qualities that you probably wouldn't be friends with them. Um, personally, I find things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control to be like insanely attractive qualities. And like, these are really good things that um, especially as Christians bring us together and are meant to uh, have this magnetic pull to one another. And that's, um, that's something that even if we feel those, those things towards people of the, um, the same sex, we don't have to be, we don't have to be afraid of it. We can, we can lean into those really good, uh, precious things that, uh, draw us to one another. Um, and that kind of makes me imagine that a lot of people might be listening and wondering, okay, so we've talked about attractions. What do we do about them? Like when we feel, uh, when we feel a kind of attraction to someone that we don't really want to be feeling or don't feel like we should be feeling or feel like is kind of getting in the way mm -hmm. of the relationship. Um, like, and maybe this is a whole other episode of the podcast, but like, yeah, I, I guess I've just talked to people who are just aren't sure what to like, how to, how to deal with their attractions. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely worth a longer conversation. Cause I think it's fine to experience attraction. Again, there are different sides of Christianity. I will say different things, but I think here at Yah, we don't say that to experience same sex attraction is sinful. Like we are all attracted to the things that we're attracted to. And it's, what do you do? What do you do with that attraction? And, mm -hmm. um, as it, as it pertains to friendship, as it pertains to building relationships, like it starts with communication and, and figuring out what you can talk about, you know, starting small, building, building blocks from there, maybe um, talking things out, because I think that's, I mean, that's the, the cornerstone of any good relationship, right? Is you have good communication, you work, you work through stuff, different issues arise and you, you each listen to the other um, as, as things arise and in, inevitably in our community, in our side B world, um, the issue of attraction comes up and, and is it okay to be attracted to this other person also attracted to the same sex um, or how much attraction is too much? Like, can I be physically attracted to them, but not sexually, or can I be sexually, but not romantically? Or like, how do you, where do you draw boundaries and lines? And, and that's where I invite everyone to, to start that conversation. If you haven't already with your friends, as you build those relationships, cause that's, mm -hmm. um, it's important to, to sift through that. It's, it can be uncomfortable. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy or fun, but I think those are, those are really important things to define and to um, like good old relational oil changes to keep, uh, to keep things running smoothly. Many years ago, I found myself serving food in a soup kitchen, sitting down at round tables with five, six homeless people in the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if I were to have told myself years prior that that would one day be what I'd be doing, the meal I'd be eating, the people with whom I'd be conversing, 
I think I'd have been a little terrified. Certainly uncomfortable. And I was. I was uncomfortable. And yet I'm forever grateful for that summer of missions in a foreign city, in a foreign environment, doing entirely foreign things that I'd never dreamt of even doing before. As a naturally self-preserving person, a naturally inward-focused person, that summer job, that summer ministry, really opened my eyes to how relationships work, not just relationships with the people we know and we love and with whom we feel comfortable, but our relationships with all of humanity, this entire planet, and the call, especially for the Jesus follower, to not be repelled. As an introvert, I use the excuse that people drain me, not all the time, but give it enough time. And the reality of the fact is I need to get away. I need to leave. I need to recharge, isolate, and get away. And I'm comforted when I look to scripture and I look to the man that I've staked my whole life on, my whole story upon. Because I see Jesus constantly going to people again and again, and also retreating, escaping, isolating, spending time alone with the Father. In Luke chapter eight, Jesus and his disciples go across the Sea of Galilee to a very far and, dare I say, scary place. And it is the epitome of going somewhere that you are not naturally attracted to go. Nothing bright and cheery and endearing about the journey whatsoever. And yet Jesus went, felt an attraction of a whole other sort. Verse 26 of Luke 8 reads as follows. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed 
and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. And so, my brothers, in this swirly world of attraction and repulsion, friendship and romance, admiration and idolization, may we always love others with the ferocity and the humility as we are so loved. May we ever be mindful of our motivations in any relationship, why we find ourselves moving in one direction or another toward or away from another person, that we seek to be Jesus with each whom we come in contact, certainly with our friends and those with whom a mystical sort of attraction naturally occurs, but also to the least of these, to the outcast, to the untouchable and unremarkable among us, those to whom we experience no natural attraction whatsoever. Let us pray for supernatural attraction, that we may more step toward those beloved ones of the Father, just as Jesus did again and again. One footstep, one outstretched hand, one smile, one warm word, and one intentional heart at a time. Well, friends, I just want to say that I think that you are both very attractive people and I'm thankful for each of your friendships. And yeah, it is a, it is incredibly refreshing to, to talk about something like this with so much nuance. Cause I think too often we kind of simplify this idea of attraction to just one thing, and I think it's it's been a really helpful change in my own journey to talk about all of the different layers of complexity that come with this topic. For sure. So, so much nuance, so many layers to it. We only just got started. I feel like all of our episodes, I, I've said this so many times, I feel like all <laughs> of our episodes are just gateways to a deeper conversation, which we'll get to, you know, eventually somewhere down the road, mm. we'll talk about as referenced in the episode, we'll talk about physical sexual attraction. We might delve more into what is romantic attraction or, or yeah, drawing boundaries with friends. You know, it's like we could we could take this conversation five, six different deeper ways. So so stay tuned. Maybe we'll get to it before too long. We'll 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 see. Um, but for right now, y'all, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Um, on this topic of attraction, go over to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast, find the episode 70 post on attraction and tell us an attractive story. We, we'd love to hear your, your journey with attraction, platonically, romantically, physically, sexually, whatever other lees are out there. I'm sure there's probably other categories of attraction that we missed. There's gotta be, but let us know your journey with attraction and, and just how you, how you make boundaries, good boundaries with your friends or how you, how you pursue any relationship really. And 
of course, a big shout out to Slightly Magnetic Things. Just giving you just enough attraction, not too much. Y'all, I have this magnet on my fridge. It was there when I moved in. It is like rock solid, almost glued to the <laughs> fridge. And I hate it because on the one hand, like ain't nothing coming off. You stick a piece of paper mm. on that, like that thing's gonna withstand a hurricane but um, or a tornado. But it is the most annoying thing because you have to slide the magnet. You have to like push a boulder to the edge of the fridge to take the thing off and to get whatever you clipped there. So we're not talking about those. Those, those did not sponsor the show, but slightly magnetic things. Thank goodness for slightly magnetic magnets that you can take off of your fridge. Exactly. You can actually take it off without breaking a sweat. Thank you for magnetizing and charging this wonderful episode on attraction. I think that's going to do it, you guys. Everyone, hey, Jacob, Ryan, everyone listening, have a wonderful, happy, safe Thanksgiving. I hope it's a truly incredible time for you. Um, you. I'm thankful for each of you guys, and I'm thankful for our Mm -hmm. incredible listenership, whether they call the Yab line or not, but more so if they do. But I'm grateful for everyone. And I hope that you, Tom, have a wonderful, cold, hungry Thanksgiving yes. out in the tent in your parents' yard. Mm. Because I am a romantic individualist. <laughs> that is what I do. Yes. So for all your other brothers, this is the romantic individualist, Tom. This is Ryan. And this is Jacob. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See Bye, you everyone. next time, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to your other brother's podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. The music is Fear Is Not My Lover by Nathan Rousseau. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at yourotherbrothers.com. P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks, like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash your other bros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.